This is Church Alive's teaching of the week. For additional teachings or information about the church, go to churchalive.net. Would you all stand this morning and let's honor Pastor Nolan Bishop this morning. Amen. Oh, sit down, sit down. Thank you so much. So I think we could leave right now and say that it's been good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. Amen. Um, so uh, I'm going to try to hurry today because we're, like Gene said, we're a little behind there. Um, but um, I don't believe in rushing God at all, right? So, um, but that said, I will try to do my best to keep us on track this morning. This morning, I want to talk to you guys about stories. You know, uh, after last week, Mother's Day, last week, uh, Pastor Gene talked about the story of, does anybody remember? Rahab, right? They were listening. There you go. That's always good. Rahab. And uh, this week, as I was preparing, um, there's another lady in the Bible that I want to talk about. But... um, I got to thinking about stories. I love stories. Does anybody else love stories? Right now, I will tell you, I hate to read. I hate to read. But I love a good story. I would rather listen to a story, a good story. And I was thinking about when I was growing up, the books that I had, The little you remember the little, I think they were maybe Golden Myers, that wasn't Golden something like that, books, you know? And the books I had, I had a book about... Uh, a, little, a little cat named Figaro, some kind of, yeah, he spilled the milk. Figaro spilled the milk. That's all I remember. It was my, one of my little childhood books. And I had a little book, the Golden Meyer book, about a story about what goes on at night, like everything that happens during the night that you don't think about, how workers still have to get this ready. This. I just, that stuck in my mind. I had a book, uh, Clifford the Big Red Dog. Anybody have that? remember that one? That was one of the stories I had. But I love stories. And you may have a story, a favorite story that you remember. And, and here's, here's one. I'm sure we all remember this one, okay? Think back. Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty Dumpty back together again, right? Well, today I want to talk to you about stories, all right? And if you have your Bible, which I hope you do, you can turn with me to the book of 2 Kings. 2 Kings chapter 4 is where we're going to spend most of our time today. 2 Kings chapter 4. We're going to be talking about there's more to the story. There's more to the story. So if you could, could you just say that with me? There's more. I think you almost got it. One more time and you have it. There's more. All right, now some of you are saying it like you really don't believe it, so I hope by the end of the message today you will say it with umph inside of you. There's more to the story. And in 2 Kings chapter 4, we find the story 
of another woman in the Bible. It's one of my favorite stories. You may not be too familiar with this story because it's kind of an obscure story, but it's the story of the Shunammite woman. Man, I really love this lady, this Shunammite woman. There's more to the story. Thank you. You were, you were there. There's more to the story. And we're going to see what we can find out in the book of 2 Kings chapter 4. We're going to begin in verse 8 today, all right? So if you would, could you look with me in verse 8 of 2 Kings chapter 4? This is what the Bible says. It says, one day, Elisha, and y'all all remember Elisha, right? Prophet of God came after Elijah. Elisha, man, Elisha was, was something. But anyway, we're talking about the Shunem. So anyway, here we go. One day, Elisha went on to Shunem. That's where this lady lived. That's, that's why she was the Shunemite woman, because she lived in Shunem. Where a wealthy woman lived who urged him to eat some food. I told you you're going to like this lady, all right? So whenever he passed by that way, he would turn in there to eat food. Now, this week as I was reading this and preparing for this, when I got to that part, I want you to know, I started thinking about my mom. This lady reminds me so much of, of my mom. And because... My mom was the kind of lady that she always cooked three meals a day, no matter what, until the time that she got to where she was not able to anymore. She cooked three, and I'm talking about whole meals a day. And it was nothing that you could show up at her house any day of the week at 11 o'clock, because that's when they ate lunch, 11 o'clock, and she would have fried chicken, peas and cornbread. I'm talking about, and it was nothing to find seven or eight people there eating lunch at my mom's house because they knew that every day she cooked lunch and they would just come from everywhere just to stop and eat. Kind of like Elisha, whenever he was coming through town, coming through Shunem, the Bible says he would stop off at this lady's house because she, he knew she could cook. All right. So let's read on now, all right? Verse 9. And she, the Shunammite woman, said to her husband, Behold now, I know that this is a holy man of God who is continually passing our way. Let us make a small room on the roof with walls and put there for him a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp. So that whenever he comes to us, he can go there. I told you, you're going to like this lady. She was a good lady. I want you to know today that there's always more to the story. There's always more to the story. And today, we live in a world that confuses snaps with stories. We live in a world that confuses Instagram, whatever you call Instagram, with stories, all right? 
A snap is not a story. A snap is only a scene. I want you to think about this. People call it their Snapchat story. But all you see is a little snippet of their life. All you see is a scene, not a story. And I want you to know that you can't judge a story by a scene. You can't judge a story by a scene. And sometimes people judge your story by the scene that you're in at the moment. Maybe they judge you by a scene you have gone through in the past and they judge you, but the scene is not your story. It's just a scene. I mean, think about it in the Bible. All throughout the Bible, you see stories of people in the Bible. I think of one, Joseph. You remember the guy, the, the guy that his dad gave him a coat? The coat of many colors, right? Well, Joseph's brothers didn't like him. They got mad at him. So what did they do? They threw him in a pit, right? They, they plotted to kill him maybe, and they, but then eventually they, they sold him into slavery. Now, if we were to stop right there, man, that's bad, right? But I know, and you know because you have read the rest of the story, that God had appointed Joseph to do great things, right? And because of Joseph, that many people were saved because there was a famine in the land. You remember that? At the culmination of his calling, Joseph fulfilled his story. The scene is not the story. So some of you in this room today... You need to know that the scene that you're in right now is not your story. That's good news for somebody. The scene you're in right now is not your story. It's not your destination. It's merely a layover for what God has for you. So what I want to say to you is this. Don't stop the story because you don't like the scene you're in right now. All over this world, every day, people stop the story because they don't like the scene they're in right now. Your scene is not your story. You see... Jesus came to this earth as a baby, right? Amen. And that's a good story. We like to, to read at Christmas the story, right? That's a good story. We think. But I want you to know Jesus didn't stay in a manger. That was just a scene, not the story. He grew up to be a man. He opened blinded eyes. He caused the deaf to hear. He raised the dead. They put him on trial where they found no fault in him, but yet the crowd called crucify. But that was just to see. You see, then they hung him on a cross where he bled and died for you and for me. But that's not the story. That's just a scene. You see, the devil had a party on Saturday because he thought that was the story. But all that was was a seed, you see. 
Because we know that on Sunday morning, early one Sunday morning, that Jesus got up and he folded his grave clothes and he walked out of the grave victorious over death, hell, and the grave. Amen. But even that's not the story. That's a scene. Because you see, after that, the Bible tells us that Jesus ascended to heaven and where right now it says he is making intercession for you and for me. He finished the story. So what did I tell you today? There's more to the story. story. And somebody's in the middle of a scene today. And maybe your scene looks like a trial. Maybe you have people accusing you from all sides. Maybe your scene looks like a cross today where people are trying to crucify you for something. But I want you to know you can't get to a resurrection without a crucifixion. Think about this. You can't get to a resurrection without a crucifixion. I want you to know that everybody's story starts somewhere. And today we're reading the story of the Shunammite woman. And she, the Bible said, what we just read is she built a room for the man of God. She made an impact. She made him a casserole. I think about what kind of casserole was she cooking every time he had to come through. He had to stop by. She was frying some chicken. She told her husband, she said, I want you to listen to this. When I saw this, I was like, "Mm, I, I hope you see this today. She told her husband, she said, let's build a room. Where did she say build it? So really what she told her husband was, husband, let's build a story second story. She built it on top. She said, let's build a story do you know your story doesn't stop when you give your life to Christ? It's just the beginning. It's the starting of your story because God has a plan for your life. There's more to the story. She thought she was doing something good for God, for the man of God. Something nice. But you know what? God was looking to bless her. If we were to read on, we don't have time, this, but if we were to read on, we would see this. And you know, I think about this lady. She obviously had a nice house. She was a wealthy woman. She had a big bank account, right? I'm sure she probably drove the nicest car, maybe a 2022 Range Rover or something like that. Which, which I looked up. I just was curious. What a 2022 Range Rover cost. Do you know how much it costs? $93,000. She probably drove one. I don't know. The Bible says she was wealthy. She had, what did I tell you though? There's more. So you look at this lady and you say, oh yeah. She got it. Mm. Look at her driving that fine car. Living in that nice house. There's more to the story. You know what? Elijah, if we were to read, but we're not because we don't have time. Elijah said, I want to do something 
God wants to bless this lady. She's been so good to us. We need to do something for her. So he told his servant, he said, um, he said, let's go find out what she needs. You know what, what, what the deal was? This lady could not have kids. She couldn't have children. The one desire of her heart, even though she had it all, all the money, all the wealth, the finest chariot that she could ride around in, I'm sure, the nicest house, the one desire of her heart that she wanted, she could not attain. She desired to have children. And you know, you may be beautiful on the outside and ugly on the inside. I'm just being real with you today. You may be extremely loaded today. I don't know. You may have it all, but still empty on the inside, looking for something to fill that void. There's more to the story than what you wear. There's more to the story than what you look like. There's more to the story than how much you weigh. There's more to the story than how much money you have. There's more to the story today. And I want you to see that Elijah calls for the woman and Ian and he asks, what can I do for you? And you know what she said? She said, he said, can I go to the king and, and put in a good word with you for the king? And can I do this? And she said, no. She said, I'm good. That's what she said. It's in here, read it. She said, I'm good. I have my own people. I'm good. I'm good. So Elijah's like, hmm. So he called in his servant, Gehazi, and he says, what's this lady need? Surely she need, and Gehazi tells him, says, she can't have kids. Her husband's old. She's never had children. They can't have any kids. So Elisha, I told you there's more to the story, right? There's more to the story. Elisha calls her, and this is what he says. He says, by this time next year, he said, you will bear a son. I would encourage you to go home and read all of 2 Kings chapter 4, if you can, because it's a good read. Even though I don't like to read, it's a good read. Because in it, when Elisha tells this lady this, you know what she says? You know what she says? She says, don't be playing. That's what she said. She said, I'm serious. I mean, you read it. That's the Nolan translation, but really that's what she said. She says, don't play with me like that. She says, don't tell me that like that. But anyway, all right? So she bears a son. That's good news, right? Y'all like that story, the Shunammite woman, the story? It's a good story, right? What did I tell you? There's more to the story. That's not it. I want you to look at what happens. 2 Kings chapter 4, if you look down to verse 18, we're moving on. Here we go. This is what it says. When the child had grown, he went out one day to his father among the reapers. And he said to his father, oh, my head, oh, my head. And the father said to his servant, quickly carry him to his mother. And when he had lifted him and brought him to this mother, his mother, the child sat on her lap till noon. And then he died. 
the very thing that she had hoped for for all her life, and she finally had it, was taken away from her. Somebody in this room today, you feel like your hopes and your dreams have been shattered. They've been all taken away. I want you to know there's more to your story today, all right? Sometimes even the dreams that God births have to die. But you know what? This lady, the Shunammite woman, had a decision to make, just like you and I have a decision to make in this room today. Her decision was this. Is this a scene? Or is this a story? Is this just a scene I'm going through? Or is this how my story ends? All right? So here's what she does. The Bible says she takes the child back home. All right? And she takes the son to the room, to the story that she had built for the man of God. And she places the child in the story in the room. All right? And she goes, she, the Bible says she saddles the donkey, she calls for a servant, and she says, I'm going to find Elisha. And the Bible says she took off and she found him. You see, she knew what to do. Today, if you're here and you're stuck in your scene, you know what I mean? I don't know if any of you still have a DVD player. We've got an old one at our house. We've had it for no telling how long. And every once in a while, we still will, will watch some DVD off the wall or something. And if you put it in, you have to like hit the top of it like 20 times. <laughs> the girls used to sing this song. What's the song they sung? The cat? Something about a cat. Cat? Something. I don't know. They would sing a song, and we would hit it, and we knew how long, and it would start working. <laughs> but once in a while, when you're watching a movie, it will stop. And you're watching a scene, and that scene in the movie will just stop. And it sits there forever. Some of you in this room may be stuck. You feel like you're stuck in a scene. You feel like nothing's ever going to change. But you know this lady knew what to do. You see, when you get stuck in a scene, what you do is you go back to the one who started the story to begin with. You go back to the one who is the author of the story, the one who is writing your story. So that's what this lady did. She went back to Elisha. Read the story. It's a great story. Elisha comes back. He goes in, prays over the boy. The boy lives. Comes back to life. That's what the Bible says. It's in there. You go read it for yourself. That's a good story, right? What did I tell you? There's more to the story, though. There is more to the story. The boy lives. But you know, it's a good story because it shows whatever is dead in your life. Somebody ought to shout on this, I'm thinking. I'm going to get out of the way. Whatever is dead in your life today, God has the ability and the power to bring it back to life today. Whatever is empty God can fill it today. He can breathe life back into your story today. And that's a good story, but that's not all. There's more to the story. 
If we flip over to chapter 8, this is where it gets good to me, all right? Chapter 8. There was to come a seven-year famine in the land. And we pick up in 2 Kings chapter 8. This is what it says. It says, Elisha had told the woman whose son he had brought back to life. I want you to notice that. I got parentheses right here. The Bible couldn't call her that if the son had never died. Think about this. Some of the worst scenes in your life make for the best stories. You think about it. You think about what you remember, what you tell people about. I thought about you this week. You know that whole tractor thing? Do you remember that? you remember that? That wasn't a good time. But that's what you tell people about. How God delivered you from that tractor being on top of you. Right? And you sit here today to tell about that. Some of the worst scenes in your life, God uses to tell your story. We don't see it at the time. But anyway, getting back to the story, we've got to move on. Some things God has let you go through so you'll have a story to tell. Mm, think about it. Elisha told the lady, he said, take your family and move to some other place. For the Lord has called a famine on Israel that will last for seven years. So the woman did as the man of God instructed. The Bible says she took her family and she settled in the land of the Philistines for seven years. Now that was enemy territory for Israelite, right? That wasn't good times. She had to stay there for seven years. Can you imagine being around people you don't like? I mean, the people that rub you the wrong way, that talk about you, that look down on you and they walk by you every day. For seven years, she lived among the Philistines. Not a good scene in her life. But she went where God told her to go. But you know what happened? While she was gone, the Bible says they took everything she had. It's in the story. The king took all of her land, took the house, took the story that she had built for the man of God. And then verse 3, it says, After the famine ended, she returned from the land of the Philistines, and she went to see the king about getting back her house and her land. Now, I don't know if y'all see this. This lady... Everything that happens, nothing phases her. It don't phase her. Her son died. What'd she do? She packed up the donkey and went to find Elisha. They say, there's going to be a famine. All right, well, I'm going to go do what God said. She goes to live in where she didn't want to go, but she went anywhere. Anyway, comes back. What does she find? My house is gone. My land is gone. All Everything's gone. What's the first thing she does? What would you do? Sit there and say, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? I don't have anything. What'd she do? The Bible says she went to see the king. She has some initiative. She came straight to the king to see about getting her land back. Maybe some of you need to come and see the king today about getting some of your stuff back. 
Some of you need to come and see the king about getting your joy back today that the world has taken away. Some of you need to come see the king about getting your peace back today that the world has taken away. Getting your hope back today. Here we go. Verse 4. As she came in to see the king, the king was talking with Gehazi. You remember him, right? Elisha's servant. And what they were doing is Gehazi was telling all the stories about all the stuff that Elisha had done, all right? We pick, go down to verse, uh, let's see. I'll just read it. The king said, tell me some stories about the great things Elisha has done. Gehazi was telling the king about the time Elisha had brought a boy back to life. Now, y'all know how God works things. I'm telling you, you need, this is good. This is good. The Bible says, at that very moment. Not 10 minutes later, not 10 minutes earlier. At that very moment, the mother of the boy, the Shunammite woman, walked in the room to make her appeal to the king about getting her house and land back. That's God. And this is what Gehazi, he said, look. What he said was, his mouth was like this. There she is. As a matter of fact, that's her coming in the door right now. Here's the woman and there's the son that was dead. But now he is alive. That's her. I want to tell you again. If. Her son had never died. Think about it. That bad scene. If the son had never died, Gehazi would have not told the story. The scene she would have chosen to skip, you see, brought her story full circle. All right? Maybe you're in the middle of a scene right now and you would rather skip that scene. I want you to know that God can bring your story Full circle. We used to sing an old song, Will the circle be unbroken? By and by, Lord, by and by. Some of you in this room right now, the scene you're in is you have a child that has wandered away from God or maybe they're doing all kind of stuff that you don't approve of. God has the ability to bring your story, what you have birthed inside of them, what you have placed inside of them when they were young. He has the ability to bring that story full circle and bring that child back to them. That is a word for somebody in this room today. God has a plan for your story today. But moving on, the king said, is this true? And the woman said this. She told him the story herself. So this is what the king did. What did I tell you? There's more. There's more to the story. Here's what happened. The king directed one of his officials to see that everything she had lost was restored to her, including the value of any crops that had been harvested during her absence. Not only did he give her all her stuff back, they paid rent on using it while she was gone for seven years. There's more to your story today. There's more to your story than what the enemy wants you to see in our narrow little vision today. There's more to the story than what the world says about you today. And in closing today, I know you said, whew, 
In closing today, I want to tell you this. You have a story today. You have a story to tell. Revelation 12, 11 says this. It says, they triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and by what? The word of their testimony. All that stuff that you go through, that you've been through, all your past, all the scenes that you would have given up, all those scenes, that's how the Bible says we triumph over the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, what God has done for us. That's a good story. There's more to the story. I hope that you can leave here today encouraged that there is more to your story today. There's more to your story. So, Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty Dumpty back together again. What's the title of my sermon today? You got to say it. There's more to the story. You see, not only did all the king's horses and all the king's men try to help Humpty Dumpty out. You see, soon the king heard about Humpty Dumpty's fate himself. You see, news about Humpty reached all the way to the palace. And the king was deeply disturbed by what he heard. His heart was broken about what happened to Humpty. So setting aside all of his fine robes and setting aside all of his kingness, what the king did was something amazing. He disguised himself as just a common man. Just a common peasant, if you will. And he slipped unnoticed out of the palace gates into the rough and tumble street life of his kingdom. And he searched near and far to find Humpty Dumpty. And after several days and several nights, the persistent king found him. And there as he found Humpty, he saw his shattered body scattered all over about a 10-foot circle amidst the broken glass and against the flattened beer cans of the back alley that Humpty was in. Now the king was overjoyed when he found Humpty. He ran to his side. He said, Humpty, I've been looking for you everywhere. It's me, your king. I have come to save you. 
And he said, I have powers greater than my all the horses and all the men, and I am able to put you back together again. But Humpty says, I don't think so. Not today. He said, leave me alone. You see, I've gotten used to, to this new way of life I have. I've gotten used to things. You see, I kind of like it here. You see that trash can over there? When the sun rises, how it shines on it in the morning. I like that. He said, this must be the garden spot of the world where I'm at right now. The king tried again and said, but Humpty, he said, I assure you, I have better things for you. I have greater things for you. But Humpty would hear none of it. And the saddened king returned to the palace. A week later, maybe the next Sunday, the king returned again to, to plead with Humpty. Humpty, won't you let me put you back together again? Humpty says, look, won't you just leave me alone? Can't you see I'm doing fine here? I'm coping with my environment as it is. Sometimes a man just has to deal with life as it comes. I'm a realist. The king says, but Humpty, wouldn't you rather get up and walk? Humpty says, once I get up and start walking, I'll have to keep walking. And at this point in my life, I'm just not ready to make a commitment like that. So if you will just excuse me, I'll just stay right here. So reluctantly, the king turned once again and he walked away and left Humpty Dumpty there, broken and shattered. It was over a year later that the king returned again to find Humpty. And sure enough, one bright morning, one of Humpty's ears perked up as he heard the king walking in the alley. And just as his mouth managed the words, my king, immediately the king fell to his knees on the glass-covered pavement. And his strong and knowing hands gently began to piece Humpty's fragments back together again to make him new again. After some time, the king's work was completed. And the king rose to full height and he reached down, pulling Humpty Dumpty up with him. The figure of a strong young man. And the two walked hand in hand throughout the kingdom. And together they stood atop lush green mountains. They ran along deserted beaches. They laughed together. They strolled down the streets of the gleaming cities of the king's domain. And this went on forever and forever. And to the depth and breadth and height of their friendship, there was no end. There's more to the story today. And you may be here in this room broken and shattered. And all the king's horses, all the psychiatrists, all the doctors couldn't put you back together again no matter how hard they have tried. Right. But I want you to know there is a king 
There is a king who loves you and cares about you so much that he came to seek you out. And today he is in this room today and he simply says, come. Come to me, all ye who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Would you stand with me today? Today, Pastor Gene's going to come and he's going to stand. Our elders are going to come and they're going to stand. For this reason, if you are here today and you find yourself in need of a Savior today, today the King is in this room. And the king is here to put you back together again today. And there's more to your story. Or maybe you feel like you've been beaten up by the world. You've been trampled on. And you're stuck in a scene right now. I want you to know there is more to your story today than what the world says about you. And it's time. It's time that we as the church, it's time that we as the people of God, Get up and start walking out of our scenes today and walk in the story that God has for your life. You may feel like that I'm too old, that I've already done everything. I want you to know that God has more for you to do. He is not through with you lack yet. God has more for you to do. Today you may feel like you're too young. I'm not young enough to do anything. I want you to know that God has a plan for your life. And He desires to use you to work in the kingdom of God today. So simply today, the call is this. If you have a need today, I want you to come. If you need salvation, if you need Jesus, if you're ready to say, God, I'm coming to you. I give my heart to you. I want you to come today. And I want you to take pastor by the hand. He'll gladly pray with you and walk you through what you need to do to become a Christian today. To give your heart and your life to Jesus. It's up to you. Will you come today? Will you pray with me? Father God. God, today I pray that you have your way God, you come and you have your way in this time, God. Move us out of the way. If we need to move, God, I pray that you would cause our feet right now to begin to step out of those chairs, God. Step out of the aisle and begin to move. God, I pray for the one that's here who needs you in their life. God, I pray you would, you would come in their heart today. They would give their heart and their life to you. God, you have your way. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need to move today, you come. Thank you again for listening to Church of Life's teaching of the week. We invite you to join us for the Sunday morning worship service every Sunday at 10 a.m. or learn more at churchalive.net.